Father God, we come before you this morning to be in your presence and to worship you. Thank you for the abundance that you pour out on us. Yes, thank you, Jesus. I thank you for your grace and your yes. mercy. I thank you for your forgiveness. Yes, thank you, and Jesus. And your love. I thank you that you care for each one of us. Thank you, Jesus. From the smallest detail to the largest. Yes, thank you, Jesus. I thank you that you walk with us daily. Thank you, Lord. And that you provide healing for our bodies and our minds and our souls. And thank you, Jesus. You just love us.
Jesus. Hallelujah. good so thank you for coming this morning and uh, I promise you you get out of this service just what you put into it amen you come with an open heart your heart will be filled amen you come 
want to just sit there and be bored, then you'll probably just sit there and be bored. Mm -hmm. I hope no one is here like that this morning. I hope you come with an expectation that God is going to meet with us. Hi. I want to read you some scripture and then we're going to pray and we're going to worship. So this is Hebrews 1. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. You know, God always wants to speak to us. That's one of the reasons we come together, because we want to hear from God. So he spoke to the Father by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. And then in Revelation, John, he says, Grace to you and peace from him who is, who was, and who is to come. From the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us, washed us from our sins in his own blood, has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. And even so, amen. And Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, who is and who was and who is to come the almighty and in romans 8 32 it says he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all how shall he not with him also freely give us all things and then in first john we love him because he first loved us Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And I read all this to you because I want you to understand there is an exchange that happens. When we come together and we worship, we proclaim who God is and we give Him worship and praise. Yes. We're not going to earn anything. We don't deserve anything. But God wants to freely give us all things. Thank God you, wants to pour out His Spirit on us. God wants to speak to us. God wants to show us how much He loves us. Thank you, Jesus. We love him because he first loved us, and yes. God wants to speak to us. So, Lord, this morning, we want to worship you. We want to lift you up. We want to exalt you because yes. you are worthy, Lord, of all of our praise. Thank you, every Jesus. breath that we breathe, every song that we can yes. sing, every, every activity of our lives, yes. our thoughts, our words, our actions, Thank it all you, belongs to you, Lord. You yes. are worthy of everything. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. We want to worship and lift you up because you said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me, Hallelujah. Lord. And we want to lift and exalt you this morning because you are worthy. Yes. And I know, Lord, when we do that, you'll pour out all of your goodness Thank on us you, because Jesus. your goodness abounds to us all the time anyway. Hallelujah. Lord, we want to see how much you love us and know you, Thank see you as you are, hear your voice you, for all those things in our lives that need to be healed and set free and changed and reorganized. Lord, we offer you Thank the freedom you, to come this morning. Change, rearrange, heal, deliver us, set us free. Thank Speak you. to us, Lord. We need you. We need to hear from yes. you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. So, Lord, we offer our praise. Yes, sir. This time, we offer our praise, and we're going to give it to you, Lord. We're going to lift your name up and exalt yes. you. Hallelujah. And as we do, Lord, we invite you to come. Yes, sir. Move freely among us and Hallelujah. speak to us. Thank you, Jesus. We need to hear from you, Lord. Thank you, We Jesus. need to hear from you this morning. 
receive our praise now. Yes. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship.
Everybody believe God is good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Deeper still into love 
always with me. I won't be afraid.
They can't bring life. They can't change one thing, but one word from you, Lord, will change everything. Thank you, Jesus. Your words are life. We hunger and thirst after you, Lord. We're going to wait on you, Lord, because we want to come into that place where we've postured ourselves so that we are before you with our ears attentive. We're listening. We come with all of our, our needs. We come with all of our desires and our issues, our struggles. Lord, I know that you have. You have the word that we need to hear. Yes, thank you, Jesus. are going to look beyond we're going to look beyond what we see on the surface we're going to see into into your kingdom Lord and we're going to see what you are doing you are always working in and for and through us Lord you're working for our good even when we can't see it when everything seems to be falling apart in our lives Lord I know you are working for us you're there we think we're going through the valley of the shadow of death, but you're right there with us oh, and you're, you're carrying us through, Thank Lord. You, and we Jesus. don't just stay in the middle of the valley, but hallelujah. you carry us through, Lord. Thank you, I want to see that we come out on the other side. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. There's a table prepared for me. Hallelujah. And it's not, it's not a picnic table out in the pasture, but it's right in the very presence of our enemies, Lord. Because you walk with us, Lord. You walk us through the fire, through yes. the flames. Yes, sir. You didn't say you would spare us from it. You said you would walk us through it. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't want to miss one word that you're saying, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Speak to us, Jesus. Speak to us, Lord. We need to hear from you. Every area of our lives, Lord, where we have brokenness, speak healing. Lord, where we've got bondage, speak freedom. Where we've got shame, Speak your great love and mercy over us, Lord, where we'll know that, that you bore our shame and our guilt on the cross. And no matter how much we've messed up, you are the God of redemption. Yes, thank you, you have Jesus. already provided thank you. our redemption, Lord. Yes. And we come this morning and we say, here we are. Thank you, Jesus. 
Jesus. Here we are, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to wait on you. Wait on you to speak those words that we need to hear, the words of life that we need to hear. Thank you, Jesus. In every situation that we're in, Lord. Words of healing, words of provision, words of deliverance, words of peace and joy and hope. Words of your great love for us. Love that is beyond our comprehension. those who persevere to the end that receive the crown of righteousness, not the ones that, that give up somewhere along the journey because it's hard or because they get distracted. It's the ones that persevere to the end, Lord. And we, we want to be those that, that follow you through thick and thin, Lord, through the, the rough times and the good times. We want to stay right there with you. We're not going to become weary in well-doing, but we're going to pursue you, Lord. Allow you to lead us through. Lead us through the battles. Because you are always victorious. And you cause us to be more than conquerors. You lead us in triumph, Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you have a plan for us, and it's a good plan. It's a plan of abundance. Your goodness abounds towards us, Lord. I want to see that. I want to see your goodness. I want to recognize that when my life is is going along like normal, I should be shouting for joy because you have protected me and provided for me. I am not sick. I'm not broke. I'm not in the hospital. I'm not in the jailhouse. You have provided for me. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Help me to see that you are always doing good in and for and through me, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. Yes, Lord, we ask that you would come. We ask that you would speak to us. And you did. And you're not through yet, Lord. I know you have much more to say to us today. Thank you, Jesus. Help us to position ourselves, Lord, to get our ears tuned in to your voice. I want to hear your voice, Lord. There's thousands of voices in the world, but I want my ears to be tuned into yours, Lord. 
I want to be tuned into your voice so that, that your voice is louder and clearer and more distinct and more valuable to me than any other voice that comes. I don't want to hear those other voices and respond to them. I want to hear and respond to you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Seal those words in our hearts, Lord. That we would know. We would know that you are for us. And if God's for us, who can be against us? Nothing that the enemy can bring. Nothing this world can do can separate us from your great love, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I just want to. I want to comprehend your love more and more. Lord. I want to understand and know the great length and depth and breadth and height, Lord. I want to understand everything about you. I want to see you as you are. Thank you, Jesus. Speak to us, Lord. Reveal yourself to us so that we would know you. Know you in every way that we should know you so that we can fully trust you, Lord. <clears throat> I know. I see you as you are. I won't be fearful of anything or anyone. I won't be afraid to give all of my life to you because I know it's safe to be in your hands. I can trust you with everything, Lord, because you love me so much. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You're only going to do good in my life, Lord. I thank you for that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, amen and amen. You can be seated. And thank you, guys. Appreciate, um, appreciate y'all's faithfulness to always lead us in worship. It's not just doing a bunch of songs. We've been talking about um, keys and mysteries and revelation, but today we're starting a new series about knowing God. It's kind of, it's kind of an extension of sorts, not completely, but uh, it's going to have some similarities. And this morning we're going to talk about knowing God as Jehovah Jireh. And we're probably going to talk about some of the names of the Lord and how he has revealed himself through the names that have uh, been given uh, about him and his character and his attributes. Y'all, you remember the old song we used to sing? Jehovah Jireh, my provider, his grace is sufficient for me. Well, um, I, still, I still like that. You know, I like that song because it's a good reminder. Anytime you can remember scripture, whether it's in a song or you just have it memorized, anytime you remember scripture, it's good for you because it reminds you what God has said for you and over you and how it can change your life. So, uh, today, we're going to talk about uh, that experience where Abraham went and um, was tested by the Lord. That's what the scripture says. He was tried or tested. And the word test is not, it's not like, uh, like we think of it sometimes. It means you're being tried to be proven, to see if you... If your character and all that you are is what it ought to be, and it's not to cause you to fail or to cause you to to recognize your failures, it is to cause you to succeed. The reason you go through a test 
is so that you can grow and come out better on the other side. It's not, you know, God is not up there like a, you know, like the, the puppeteer just trying to see if, you know, if he can manipulate things in your life and cause you to fail. God wants us to succeed. And every now and then we have to go through some difficulties to see the areas in our life that need to be changed. Maybe they need to be rearranged. Maybe they need to be, uh, some things might need to be deleted or eliminated from our lives. Maybe some things need to be uh, redeemed. So the story is, uh, it's, it's just one part towards the end of uh, Abraham's journey with the Lord, but it was, it had a lot of similarities with many other times that God had spoken to Abraham. And I want to read this passage of scripture to you. And I have to be honest, I'm still debating if I'm going to use that outline or not. I might just talk. So, uh, whatever. I, I'm going to just, I'm going to talk to you about Abraham and his experience with the Lord. But uh, if we don't use that outline, you can take it home and study. It's got some pretty good stuff in it, I think. But uh, Genesis 22, verses 1 through 19. And I'm going to read all this because it sets the, it sets the whole tone for everything. But uh, Abraham had had a lot of experiences with the Lord. But it says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. And go to the land of Moriah. Offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. And I just want to stop right there and uh, just if you go back to Genesis 12 where God called Abraham, that's basically the same kind of thing he said to him. He said, Abraham, and he said, yes. You know, there's, there's a component there that I think we need to be aware of. When God is speaking, we need to be listening. It's pretty amazing. I shouldn't be amazed, but I always am, you know. We're singing these songs about every word you speak, I'm listening, and we're talking about walking through the trials and the fires of life. So what God said to Abraham the very first time he spoke to him was, I want you to leave this country, your family, everything that you're connected to, and go to a place that I'm going to show you. And he didn't tell him where the place was. In Hebrews it says, it says that Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. I mean, that's pretty key. If you want to really experience God's best in your life, you have to trust him. God speaks to us. He speaks to all of us. He speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through circumstances of life. He speaks to us through uh, people. He speaks to us through difficulties and challenges. When God spoke to Moses at the burning bush, you know, the burning bush is what got his attention. That's why he was tuned in to hear from God because it was a burning bush. If it had been a regular bush, he probably would have missed the message. But it was a burning bush. So God wants to get our attention because he wants to speak to us because he wants to do good in our lives. He wants to bless us. He wants to pour out his favor on us. He wants to do good things in us, but we have to listen and obey. Our part is to trust him. 
So Abraham started his journey with the Lord, and it says he did. He left his family. He left all the stuff that he knew, and he went because God told him to. And as he went, God began to show him more and more and more. But when Abraham said, I'll go, God said, I'm going to bless you. And in blessing, I'm going to bless you. You're going to be a great nation, and you're going to be a blessing to the entire world because I've chosen you, and if you'll obey me, I'm going to do this for you. So Abraham was walking with the Lord, and then God said, I'm going to test you. Go over here to this certain mountain. Take your son, your only son, Isaac. And by the way, he had been all these years walking with the Lord, and God had told him, I'm going to, I'm going to bless you and your descendants. And he couldn't even have a son. And then finally, miraculously, God gives him this son. And now he says, take him and your only son, the one that you love. That sound kind of familiar? Sound like what God said? He loved, he loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. It's a, it's a very similar phraseology. So the Lord asked him to do that and... You know, part of, part of the key to all, all of our walking with the Lord is to, is to trust Him even though you don't understand it all. Because sometimes the more you understand, the more you know, the more you begin to question about how it's all going to work out. Well, if I sacrifice my only son, how is he going to be the one that blesses the entire world? God has a way. It's beyond our understanding and comprehension, but God has a way. His thoughts are not like our thoughts. His ways are not like our ways. They're higher. It's a different way of approaching it. So he tells him a very specific place to go, but he doesn't give him the exact location. He says, I want you to go to the land of Moriah. He didn't say exactly which place. He didn't say on mountain number four or anything like that. He just said go. So then Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. He split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, I'm a, kind of amazed at how many similarities there are to the gospel story. On the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. By the way, Hebrews 11 tells us that all the patriarchs, they died in faith, not having received the promises, but they saw them from afar, and they embraced them, and they were assured that God was going to fulfill his word. So even though they didn't actually physically hold them, they embraced them, and they enjoyed the benefits of it. They walked in the fullness of God's blessing and promise, even though the promises weren't fulfilled in them yet. I think that's a lot like what we do. When we're walking with the Lord right now, we know we're going to be in glory someday. We know there is an eternal reward awaiting us. And if our lives are difficult and hard and challenging and full of pain and suffering and misery and sorrow and disappointments, just get focused on the eternal part of it, and this part doesn't seem so bad. We have to see it 
even though it's far away and we have to embrace it and we have to be assured that God has got it all together and he's going to do it. And we know that no matter what happens, we're in his hands. And if we're in his hands, it's okay. So he saw from afar off. Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. Abraham trusted God. He trusted the Lord. See, he didn't say, we're going to go over there and worship, and when I come back, uh, we'll go home. He said, we are coming back to you. I mean, he was already expecting God to do something different. He was willing to sacrifice his son. He was going through all the motions. His heart had submitted, and he said, I'm going to do it. I trust you. And yet he saw enough about God and God's character to know that God was going to do good in his life. I wonder about us sometimes. Do we really see God that way? Do we really trust Him enough to, to lay everything out there? Do we really trust Him enough to say, I, I'll do whatever you want me to do? God says, I want you to move away from your family. Do we trust Him enough to do that? If God says, I want you to go to the mission field, or if God says, I want you to quit this crummy job so I can give you a better one, and we'd be thinking, but... I want the better one before I quit this one. In God's economy, it's a little different. I mean, He wants us to be focused on what He says and the way He does things. And we sang that, you know, your ways are perfect unto us. God's ways are perfect. And we have to believe that. If we believe God's ways are perfect, we won't doubt something weird that, that we feel like we're supposed to do because we'll know that God is bigger and badder than all the stuff that might happen in our lives. God is able to do anything that we need because He's God. He is able to take, take our weakness and turn it into strength. He's able to take our failings and turn them into something that when He redeems them, we can use those to be who we are in Him and do the things that He's called us to do. That's the way it works in the kingdom. We give Him our flaws and he gives us the fixings. We give him our failures, and he gives us the redemption. We give him our brokenness, and he heals us. I mean, he is the great fixer. He is the great redeemer, the deliverer. He does all that because he loves us. It's not because we earn it. It's not because we deserve it. It's because he wants to do it. That's part of our issue. We don't see God the way that we ought to see him. We need to see him as the God that loves us so much that he is always always watching out for us and trying to do good in our lives just like our earthly parents you know wanted to do good I mean how many of you when you had a little baby were holding him in your arms thinking man I just can't wait to make your life miserable I'm gonna I'm gonna do all kinds of bad to you I'm gonna make your life miserable no I mean, you're, you're dreaming of ways you can make their life better than yours. You're dreaming of ways that you can make them happy and fulfilled and you want to care for them and love them. How much more does our Heavenly Father want to do that for us as His children? God is out for our good. We have to be convinced of that. And when we're convinced of that, it's easier to trust Him because we know He's not going to do us wrong. So, he expressed faith when he said, we'll come back to you. So Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering, laid it on Isaac, his son. He took the fire in his hand 
and a knife. And the two of them went on together. Now, when God brings a test into our lives, it's because he wants us to come out on the other side changed. And it's because he wants to do something bigger and better in our lives. Remember when Jesus, right after he was baptized, I mean, you know, you read that story and it's like, woohoo, man, Jesus is going to go tear him up. And what does it say? The Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil for 40 days. Even Jesus had to be tested and proven in order to be the man that God intended for him to be. So Abraham, he is obeying the Lord. He is going through the motions of doing exactly what God has asked him to do. Isaac, on the other hand, he was beginning to wonder. It says he spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And Abraham said, Here I am. He said, uh, Look, we got the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? I mean, Isaac was not a child. He was old enough to know when you go to give an offering, you have to have the fire and the wood and the knife and the animal. So Abraham responded back to him and said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. Now, Abraham, at this point, he was just, he was expressing his faith. He didn't know how that was going to work out. Just like many times in our life, we don't know how things are going to work out. God is leading you. God is walking with you. And you're, maybe you're seeing good things happen. Maybe you're seeing bad things happen. You're not sure that's going to work out. But if you, if you know you're walking with the Lord and you know you're doing the things he's called you to do, then you can know that he is going to do his part. Proverbs says, the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. So if you're walking with the Lord, you can trust that he is going to lead you and guide you. Our part is just not to be resistant. But when God speaks, you know, we don't want to be going, you know, we want to listen. When God is speaking, we want to listen. Because if you don't hear what he's saying, or you don't hear it clearly, or you're presumptuously trying to make something out of it that he's not saying, then you're going to get off track and you're going to have problems. But if you hear what God says and you respond appropriately, God will do his part. So they went on together. God will provide himself the lamb for a burnt offering. And they came to the place which God had told him. Abraham built an altar there, placed the wood in the altar, bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Oh, I've always wondered. I wonder what kind of conversation was happening. You know, if Isaac was saying, hey, Dad, you know, uh, really, uh, can we talk about this some more? I mean, or was Isaac just, just submitting himself and saying, you know, God's will be done? Bible doesn't say, but, uh, you know, Abraham could have, he could have had to really struggle with him to get him tied up so that he could do that. Isaac may have willingly said, here I am. But either way, they were preparing to go through with this. 
And as Abraham took the knife and he reached out to slay his son, the angel of the Lord called him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. I think it's interesting that when he called him first, he said Abraham. When he called him and told him to stop, he said it twice. I want to be sure that Abraham heard him because this is pretty important. So Abraham was, you know, I'm, I'm kind of guessing that he was probably, he was going through the motions, but it's like, okay, Lord, any time now. Okay, okay, Lord, any time, you know, I'm going to give you a three. One, okay, Lord, two, two and a half, two and three quarters, two and seven eighths. Anyway, I don't know. I just know that God intervened. And I believe that's what God wants to do in our lives all the time is that he wants us to hear his voice, he wants us to obey, and then he wants to intervene so that he can have his perfect will. And when we do our thing, we limit God doing his thing. But when we do God's thing, we free him to do all that he wants to do. See, we limit God. We limit God because of our understanding and our wisdom. We think, if I'm going to be blessed, if I'm going to have God's favor in my life, I've got to stay here, and I've got to run the family business. I've got to be close to my family so I have support and people that love me. And if I get in trouble, people help take care of me. You know, if I want to be successful for God, I mean, I've I got, got to know my stuff. You know, I've got to go to Bible college, and I've got to, I got to learn how to do all this. You know, I'm not saying anything is wrong with those things. I'm just saying in God's economy, the way God does things, it doesn't have to follow the natural mindset. Matter of fact, it won't follow the natural mindset because his ways are not like our ways. His thoughts are not like our thoughts. We would assume in order for me to be successful, I have to do it this way because that's what I learned in school. When I went to school, they said, this is what you do. You graduate high school, you go to college, you get a degree, you get this great job. <clears throat> you know, you graduate college and there's no jobs available because you got a degree in the wrong field. You know, that was the, that was the thing that was hot 10 years ago, not now. <laughs> the point is, we have to be tuned into what God's saying and do what he says, not what the world is telling us, not what our, our natural instincts would tell you, not what we've been told by our, our families and our friends and, you know, school teachers. You can take it to all the different levels of your life. It's not what you, should, uh, you shouldn't disregard, but you should always find out what God is saying to you about your finances, your health, your your career, your raising families, your everything. God wants to be part of all that, and he wants to show you his way. So when God called out to him, Abraham, Abraham, he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now, I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its thorns. Abraham went and took the ram, offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. So God has a plan. He has a plan from beginning to end. We don't understand it. We don't see it. We don't know it. And that's not God's responsibility to tell us everything about the plan. <clears throat> 
God reveals his plan as we follow. Abraham had spent a number of years at this point in his life following God. God had led him from his family and his home into a, a new land where he was a sojourner. He was just passing through. But, he, but God told him, this is going to be your inheritance. But he didn't know that when he first left his home. He just knew God said, I'm going to give you an inheritance. But now he's beginning to see it. And then God began to fulfill his promises in his life. And then this test came where he had to say, you know, okay, I'm willing to lay it all down again. I've already, I've already obeyed you. I've already left everything. You've already blessed me. You've done all this great stuff in my life. But now you're asking me to, to do it again. So here I am. I'm doing it again. If you happen to be a ministry leader of some sort, you know, every now and then you need to just come to the place where you say, Lord, I'm laying it all down for you because I realize that I don't, I don't know everything about the future. I need you because it's only in you that I have the wisdom and the, and the anointing to do the things that you've called me to do. I can't do it in my own strength. I need you. Abraham found this ram caught in the thicket and I always, you know, I, I think about little details, you know. I'm just wondering if that ram was in that thicket the whole time. But Abraham just didn't, didn't see it. He was focused on what he was doing, and he wasn't really looking for God's provision at that point because he was just being obedient. And however that happened, he stops, and it's like, oh, by the way, there's a ram. Hey, look at there. There's a ram. How convenient. You believe, in, uh, you believe in coincidences? <laughs> I believe God has a plan. And he knows it beginning to end. And he reveals it to us as we go. But I'll tell you this. If you say, Lord, I'll go if you show me where to go. And you want to know all the details about it. You're probably not going to ever go anywhere. You have to have the attitude of, I'll go and I'm, I'm going. You just, you just leave me as I'm going. All, all of God's callings are that way. It's like, I want you to go. And as you go, I'll lead you. The Apostle Paul, he went, he went to go uh, you know, on missions trips. And he was traveling around. We, we talked about this Wednesday night a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Paul said, yeah, we were going to go over here. And uh, the Holy Spirit kind of kind of stopped us and we were going to go over here and, and the spirit kind of stopped us and then you know one night I had this dream and, and uh, this guy from Macedonia was saying come and help us and he said so I figured it out that God wants us to go to Macedonia that's the way the Lord works you know it's sometimes it's by, it's by stopping you from doing something sometimes it's by causing something to happen that it's like wow this is a great victory And, and Paul said, you know, there's one place, he said, there's a, there's a great door that's been opened to us. But there are many adversaries. You know, just because you're walking in God's plan and God's purpose, that doesn't mean there's not going to be a struggle. It doesn't mean there's not going to be a problem. God wants us to, to follow him, and he wants us to do it with our heart, not with, not with our intellect, not with all of our worldly wisdom and our natural ways. He wants us just to follow him, delight in him, 
and let him delight in us. David, in uh, 1 Chronicles 22, verse 1, it says that Satan stirred up something in David. And David decided to take a census. He wanted to count the people. And the problem with that, I mean, that seems like a fairly innocent thing. But why would you want to count the number of warriors? And why would you not want to count what you have? It's because you're thinking about your military strength. You're not putting your trust in the Lord. And his right-hand man said, please don't do this. I mean, man, you got, you, you got it going on. You don't need to count them. But David prevailed, and they counted them. And then God said, okay. You've, you've done wrong, and now I'm going to judge you. And God gave him three choices. He said, you can run from your enemies, or um, you can uh, have, you know, a plague. You know, and, and David said, look, I, I just want to throw myself at, at your mercy. I don't want to be at man's mercy, so here I am. You know, just you, know, you do what, what seems best to you. Just be merciful to me. And so 75,000 people died of a plague in just a few days. And David actually, he saw the angel of the Lord in the sky with a sword raised, fixing to strike Jerusalem. And the Lord, the Lord said, let's stop. That's enough. And, and the Lord told him, go to the threshing floor of Ornan, and I want you to do an offering there. And you know that the threshing floor of Ornan is in the very same area as Mount Moriah. It's right outside of Jerusalem. You also know that the hill of Golgotha is probably in that same area. It's right there. You think God has a plan? You think, he, you think he's got it figured out? You think we can trust him with our lives? I mean, God knows what he's doing. It says that when David offered this, this sacrifice, and by the way, when he went there, Ornan said, hey, what, you want to give an offering? He said, I'll give you all my land. You can have it. I'll give you the, the oxen. I'll give you the, you know, the equipment you can use for the fire. He said, I'll give it all to you. And David says, no, I'm going to buy it at the full price because I'm not going to give something to the Lord that doesn't cost me something. But when he, when he gave the offering, I, had, I really never even noticed this before, but it says, the Lord answered by fire. God, God responds when, we, when we're obedient, when we hear his voice and we're obedient, God responds. And we're not, we're not earning his response, but he wants to respond to us all the time. He just asks us, would you just let me be God in your life? Would you let me lead you? Would you let me show you all the great things that I want to do and accomplish in and for and through you? And our part is just to say, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do it. Maybe it'll be difficult. Maybe the journey will be hard sometimes. But God is all about the end result. The end result. It's not, it's not the journey that matters. It's the end result. It's not the difficulties that we go through. It's what we come out as on the other side. Look at, look at this story. 
So Abraham, after he, he, you know, he did all this, he, he was tested, and he said, okay, I'll do it, I'll obey. God stopped him, God gave him the ram, he offered it, and then he says, wow, I'm going to call this place Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. And so he says, in this mount, the Lord will provide. The end result is that Abraham knew that God was going to provide, that he could trust him to provide everything that he needed in his life. He could trust him to provide the promise that God had made to him. God had made this promise that you're going to be a great nation. I'm going to use you to make, make you a nation, and you're going to be a blessing to everyone. And if you read on, uh, he, he, he goes on and he starts telling what he's going to do. The angel of the Lord called Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, by myself, I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing. You've not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven, the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. And in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Worship team, y'all can come back. So, I'm excited about the fact that God is more interested in my future, my life, my health, my happiness, my wholeness, my eternal destination. He is more interested in all of those things than I am. I mean, I, I worry about my life, and I, you know, I want it to, I, I don't like it, you know, I've, you know, you, you bang your finger or something, it's, oh, you know, and you, you know, you worry about that kind of stuff, but God is worried about so much more, and he takes care of it, I worry, I, that's a wrong word to use for God, but he's, he is paying attention to the details of your life is what I'm saying, God is more in tune with the details of your life than you are, he knows the end from the beginning. So when Abraham went through all this, I mean, I can't even imagine the kind of thoughts that were going through his mind. The fear of, oh, what's going to happen? How am I going to, how is this going to work out? But the end result of what God wanted. And the end result is that Abraham got to keep his son and his son got to be the father of a great nation. And in him, the Messiah came that's how everybody for all eternity is blessed. God has the end in mind the whole time. And we have to learn to trust him with that. I mean, we want to know all the details. If you just show me, Lord, I'll trust you. God says, if you'll trust me, I'll show you. <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole different paradigm. It's the opposite of our natural responses. We want to know, and God says, I want, to I, want to, I want you just to obey. And when we obey, God will begin to show us. It becomes clear. And one day, one day when we're with the Lord, and we see him as he is, the Bible says that we'll know him and we'll be like him because we'll see him as he is. And that is what this is all about. That's the end of all of this. There's going to come a time when we all we're going to see and know him and be like him. And that's the end. All this other stuff, it's just the journey. It's the journey. And it's a short journey compared to eternity. Amen. 
We need to be willing to hear and obey. It sounds real simple, not so easy in real life. Because we all have our own desires and we've got our own personal agendas and things. But can we, can we just try a little more to hear God's voice and obey? Because it's going to be better than anything you can plan out, anything you can do. God has got so much better plans for you. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and worship. result that Jesus 
rose from the dead and conquered death, hell, and the grave. God had a plan. It was a plan from the very beginning. A plan that only He could do because only He is God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank and you, it Jesus. didn't look like we would have thought it out. I can promise you that. I wouldn't have dreamed it up the way He did. But God's thoughts and ways are so much higher than ours. Yes. God has a plan for each one of us. We need to say yes. In the beginning, the beginning, the very first part of that is to say yes to Him. He calls us. I remember when I was a young man how I would stand in a church service or somewhere where God was speaking to me and I'd just grab a hold of that pew in front of me or something like, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it, and I'd just be resistant. I'm so glad that He never gave up. Hallelujah. Thank you. So Jesus. glad that he kept calling. But you know, there is no guarantee. There's no guarantee about tomorrow. There's no guarantee mm -hmm. about your future. Today is the day of salvation. Hallelujah. You, you need to choose today. <clears throat> so if, if you don't know the Lord, today can be the day that you say yes. Begin that great journey with him so that, that you can say yes and that he'll begin to lead you. And as you're obedient to him, he'll lead you and guide you into more and more of his favor and blessing. And you'll end up, the end result will be that you'll be eternally with him. But you have to start the journey. You have to say yes. God is inviting all of us. Maybe you know the Lord. Maybe you've walked away from the Lord. Maybe you've never given your life to Him. Maybe you're walking with the Lord, but you just want to say, I want to surrender everything. I want to lay it all down to you again, Lord. I just want to give everything to you. I don't want to hold anything back. So to speak, my only son, the one that I love, I don't want to hold anything back. The most dear things in my life. Yes. I just lay them down before you. Thank you, Jesus. My future, my dreams, my goals, my retirement, my career, my past, my present. I lay it all before you. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God is calling. We need to listen and yes. we need to obey. I'm not trying to talk you into coming to the altar or anything. I'm just saying, would you respond to the Lord? However he's calling you, respond to him. If you don't know the Lord or you need to re recommit yourself to him, then I think it would be great if you, if you had someone pray with you. The bottom line is you have to confess your sin, repent, give yourself fully to him and say, Lord, I want you to take control of my life. Take control of my life, Lord. <coughs> Everything. Every part of it. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to be like Isaac. Amen. Amen. I want to be like Isaac. I want to, I want to just willingly allow myself to be offered. I don't want to fight it. I don't want to crawl away. I don't want to scream and cry. I want to just willingly offer myself because I know <coughs> your plan for me is so much better than any plan I could have for myself. Yes, 
we give ourselves to you, Lord. As we sing this last song, if you'd like special prayer for anything, you can come. Somebody will meet you at the altar. And, uh, we're going to give you an opportunity to, to be healed, to be set free, to be uh, saved you. or recommitted, whatever you might want. And, and I'm, I believe that you can respond to the Lord right where you are and your life can be changed for eternity because it's your heart. That's all God wants. He wants our heart. It's all about our heart. It's not about anything outward. It's just your heart yes. given to the Lord. It's running after me. It's running after me. If my 
surrender now. I give you everything. Hallelujah. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. God is good, and He's yes. always wanting to work good in and for and through us. Amen. Oh, it's good to have been in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Receive the blessing of the Lord. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and grant you His perfect peace. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Go and be blessed. Have a great week. Hallelujah. Hear God. Obey God. See God be the miraculous God that can do all that He's promised you. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week.